Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Welcome back, Renegades. Welcome, Renegades. Welcome to another episode with us. I'm excited. This week, we have an extraordinary guest. He's already blown our minds, and we just met him five seconds ago here on, <laughs> on the laptop. Um I'm excited for all this conversation. Yeah. Okay. So welcome to the podcast, Chris Mayer. Did I say that right? It's Mayer. Mayer. Yeah, it's Christopher. Christopher Lee Maher. Okay. Maher. So my okay. husband's name is Christopher Lee. Is it? It's <laughs> on you. You can't make this stuff up. I know, right? Right. <laughs> like, come on. It's yep. like we have three levels of synchronicity now. There we yep. go. Yep. There we go. Yeah. I love some Christopher Lee's in yes. my life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast. And um, I'm super excited to have you on today because we don't know. Usually when we have a guest, um, mm-hmm. we know a lot of their background and their story before they come on. And then they get to tell that story for our listeners. Today, we get to hear your story for the first time alongside our listeners because we really besides just the last 10 minutes of getting to meet you before the podcast this is the first time we've really connected so yeah if if you're all right with that that's what we'd like to jump in with first is um well first introduce yourself and what you do um and and kind of what we'll focus on on this podcast if you don't mind and then we would love to have you just tell your story of uh, where you come from and what you've not necessarily everything you've been through, but what you went through that took you down the path of life that you're currently traveling on. Yes, yes. Uh, I, my name is Christopher Lee Maher. I am from Pennsylvania, born in Philadelphia, uh, raised in Hershey. Um, what do I do? I put people back together, right? I, I diminish people's daily and lifetime accumulated stress loads so that they can be successful at whatever their intent is, right? Some people, their intent is different. Some people, they, they want to have a loving relationship with their wife, right? Some people, they want to diminish the discord between them and their mother, other people, they want to win an NCAA Division One team wrestling championship or an individual championship or somebody wants to win an Olympic gold medal or somebody wants to reduce their scarcity consciousness mm-hmm. and have financial success. And so people come to me for an assortment of reasons. But the main reason why they come to me is because the thing that they're doing and all the other avenues that they went down, they never got a satisfactory result Mm. relative to their potential. What I mean by that when I say potential is, everyone has potential, but your ability to utilize your potential to meet your goals, there's always a gap stop. And, And the gap stop is your unresolved stress levels. And so a lot of people have big dreams and big goals, but the challenge is, is that it's a fantasy. And they're not in reality. What I mean by that is they continue to struggle um, and not achieve the thing that they know that they're capable of. And once they bang their head into the wall enough times and they're not having the success that they want, I think what happens for people is they pray. Mm -hmm. And they pray and they pray and they pray. 
And then eventually, somehow, some way, someone gives them my number. <laughs> and they get a hold of me and they call me or someone, because a lot of people who I've worked with have written books. And so a whole third of their book has been devoted to their experience with me and how much it changed their life. Wow. So, wow. How cool is that? Wow. Uh, there's an amazing book out there called Transcend Fear by Dr. Ladipo. He's the Surgeon General of Florida. And, you know, once people read those kinds of things, they immediately think to their experience where they're suffering, they're having some kind of pain, whether that pain is emotional, whether that pain is psychological, whether that pain is energetic and being experienced through exhaustion or inconsistent energy, or whether that pain and suffering is physical, right? They're having consistent states of bloating. They're having intense menstrual cramps. They're having unrelenting headaches. They're suffering from um, um, consistent states of insomnia. They're having low back pain. And so people get to me and my skill set, right? The genius that God gave me was investigation. Hmm. And I am intuitive, highly intuitive, um, uh, emotionally available so I can relate and connect with people through my own story. And I'm willing to share all the struggles that I had and build profound amounts of rapport with them so they can get into that trust state and let me investigate them and see where the problem, where it's being created from, right? Mm. And once I do that, then it's easy. I then just attach that to their intent and I use the tools that God gave me. He gave me what's called the gift of laying on of hands. Mm -hmm. So I can put my hand on someone's body and they can be suffering from something and they touch it and the pain's gone. Mm. Whoa. Okay. And so uh, I'm someone that has a very profound relationship with God. I pray every day. Mm -hmm. I'm always working on myself. I'm always buffing sanding and polishing and then re-sanding and rebuffing and polishing so i'm continuing to evolve as an individual as we're evolving as a culture wow where, so that's where did you find me. your like path were there mentors or did you do classes or yeah how did now you tell find... us because yeah you know having looked at your your history you were a navy seal and so Amazing. i think my question is like that to me is such a intense yeah. program right yeah how does somebody yes. go from being a navy seal to being a guru like a healer of yeah stress yeah, from, management from healing. seal to sage yeah right? yes, exactly yes. yes sage that's the word <laughs> yes. i was looking it's for it's a cool dichotomy yeah, really from, cool. yeah. yeah. how did you yeah. get so, good to where you are? so the pathway from seal to sage was was pain right it was it was physical pain um I remember having like a, a bout of constipation that was very uncomfortable and painful. Uh, I was dealing with insomnia. I was taking a lot of naps. I was waking up five or six or sometimes 10 times a night to urinate. Um, I was losing my hearing. I was losing my vision. Wow. I had intense pain at every joint my body couldn't produce what I needed it to produce because I had ineffectual sleep patterns. I was having emotional challenges. Uh, obviously that leads to me breathing incorrectly. I had an intense amount of joint pain all on my left side. 
And I was frustrated and agitated and irritated to the point where I was crying on a regular basis. Hmm. And the prayers that I was giving out weren't leading to immediate changes. And um, I didn't know that those prayers were going to be answered down the road. Hmm. And so I spent five years in a massive amount of frustration. But if you looked at me on the outside, I looked like Adonis. I'm a good-looking guy. I'm very confident mentally. I'm confident. I was well socialized in boarding school in the military, so I know how to communicate. I know how to relate at a social level, but I didn't know the most important thing. I didn't know how to let someone in on my pain, on my stress, on my discomfort. So I would always find myself in these extreme dynamics, not knowing how to get back to the center line. And so, hmm. you know, the path for me has been about learning how to be vulnerable about where I'm at and then be willing to investigate through the help and the generosity of other people. And it took me a long time to bend the knee and reach out for help. Wow. And so I was most comfortable reaching out to someone who went through similar experience that I did. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to a buddy of mine that I was in SEAL training with at the same time. And someone who I related with at an emotional level who had similar experiences in their childhood story as I did. And I felt safe emotionally with this person. Mm. And he brought a yoga mat and a juicer over to my place. And within an hour and a half to two hours, I realized that I was sufficiently inner deficient. <laughs> and... He was getting into positions and he was breathing and he was drinking his carrot, apple, parsley, <laughs> uh, you know, celery drink <laughs> like it was orange juice. And I was drinking mine like it was um, cough syrup. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this tastes disgusting. And uh after watching him, I realized that, oh, he's healthy mm -hmm. and fit, and I'm fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big difference. But I'm not healthy. Ah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was, that day woke up a lot of parts of me. And, you know, guys in the SEAL teams are competitive, right? Yeah. And so by nature, I don't want him to be better than me. <laughs> <laughs> but if he is... I'm someone who's willing to acknowledge when someone is ahead of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he pointed me in the direction of structural integration through a system called Rolfing created mm -hmm. by a body worker named Ida Rolf oh. in, in Colorado. And she had a teacher, uh, she had a student and he created this, I think his name was Stephen Hell Heller or something. And he created a body of work called Heller Work. So I found somebody who could help me because I couldn't get into any of those positions. Mm -hmm. wow. He's crossing his arms over, reaching mm -hmm. behind his back, got one leg over the other. <laughs> and I'm looking like a 90-year-old man, right? <laughs> oh. No flexibility at all. And what was funny about it, the irony was, is that I thought I was flexible. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And then when I got some got in front of someone who was flexible and fluid and had been through all the things that I went to, I could no longer lean on that idea that 
oh, he was born this way. Uh Right. Because he went through the same stuff that I went through. But what I didn't know is that he had a girlfriend who was into yoga and he, he was looking under every stone and rock and every fallen tree in the forest to find ways in order to better himself yeah. while I was out drinking beer mm-hmm. and chasing tail. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. And, right. and, you know, looking for recognition in all the wrong places. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. He was getting recognition in all the right places. Wow. And that was helpful to me. It was, um, eye-opening it was frustrating it was agitating it was irritating Mm -hmm. yet ultimately it set me on a course that changed my whole life and then once i got that first sip of freedom Mm. i never turned my head to my left shoulder Mm. i stayed straight with my eye on the prize because you know when you're in hell if -hmm. someone gives you a one minute reprieve from that state of discomfort yeah you're willing to do everything you can to get it to go away for 10 minutes instead of five. Yeah. And yeah. if all I, so basically I took all the discipline, all the hard work, all the effort, all the focus, all the consistency that I had in SEAL training and SEAL teams, and I applied it to healing. So I turned mm-hmm. SEAL training into SEAL healing. Hmm. <laughs> and I worked at it on myself five to six to seven hours a day, every day for seven years straight. And wow. I never took my eye off the prize. Wow. And I rebuilt my body from scratch. Wow. My vision is absolutely amazing. My hearing is amazing. I have no pain in my body. I haven't had any pain in my body in 22 years. And I sleep half the amount of time that I ever did. Go ahead. What what, would those six to seven hours a day, what did you do during that time? Like refocus your brain? Yeah. Yeah. They were spent removing tension. Okay. Right. So just like laying. Yeah. Yeah. No, not like, how do I say it? Uh, Imagine yoga. Well, imagine sports stretching that you see, you you know, yeah. you, you girls have been athletes and you've yeah. gone to practice. That stretching would be like, uh, that would be like taking shoes for transfer, for transportation. <laughs> yeah, Yoga sure. okay. would be like taking a skateboard for transportation. Sure. Okay. What I've been developing, what I've been using for the last 22 years, which I call Bester Size, is like taking the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> okay. 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 Yes. And so uh, um, I figured out how to utilize isometric, concentric, and eccentric contractions in a very specific way to produce immediate permanent change wow. in the body. Cool. And you know, the thing that we haven't gone over and what you don't know is I dealt with a lot of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. I had a woman who was a babysitter who decided the best way to teach me to not play with matches was to put my hands on a gas stove. Oh, wow. Oh. And, okay. you know, that led to me being unconscious. That led me to being depers- depersonalized and leaving my body, wow. dealing with stammering, bedwetting, nail biting. Uh, I was basically absent as a child. Wow. Absent. I got up, I ate breakfast, I went to school, I smiled, I was nice, but I was not present. Yeah, wow. I was absolutely absent. And so, you know, when you compile that with all the stress and strain of SEAL training and the SEAL teams and my own inner expectation for me to compete mm-hmm. uh, at the highest levels, put all, all those four forms of strain into one human body and what you end up with is malfunction. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Wow. 
And so when I got that first opportunity to step away from that, unrelenting levels of discomfort at a physiological level, at an emotional level, at an energetic level, at a sense level, and at a spiritual level, um, when I could reduce my intense inner critic mm -hmm. down to basically zero, mm. if you think I wasn't going to get up and get after, you know, five, six hours a day, you were wrong yeah. because... I finally had freedom and I was watching myself evolve. I, my penmanship changed. Mm. Um, the way that I cleaned my body changed. The, the way that I communicated changed. Uh, I mean, I became, my intelligence increased at every level. Wow. At every level, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, my sense level, my hearing, my smell, my taste, my touch, my sense of energy. All of it, all of it continued to keep changing. And once I got, once I invited more people and more practitioners, more uh, teachers uh, to help me understand more and give me tools that I could apply, I continued to create this enormous amount of momentum because the small, the, the snowball got bigger every week. Yeah. Wow. And I was just bounding down the mountain. <laughs> And I was resolving everything that was in my way in an intelligible fashion Wow! that produced consistent results. And then I started using the work that I was doing on myself to help others. Cool. And I was solving the unsolvable. Wow. 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 <laughs> I have like a, a thousand questions in my brain, but holy okay, cow, I need to like at me. soak that in a second. Well, okay, yeah. like Eleni knows with a podcast, I always try to skip. I'm a very solution-based person, so I always skip to the solution. Yeah. So um, yeah. so what are some things like that you, that you help people with like practically? Like, so I went to a energy healer last year who like changed my life. She was awesome. And actually the energy healing did some with you on our podcast, mm -hmm. Eleni, yeah, and it was like, podcast. everyone's crying, it's all beautiful. But she would go in and like talk to me about healing my past and would have me do like bilateral tapping to help me. What are some practical things that people can do to help feel better? And are you more like, like a talk therapy or a, t you know what I mean? What's the No, tangible? I am a all therapy, okay. meaning that I will make up in the moment okay. what needs to be done. Okay, so, like this intuitive, yep. So I have an intuitive fluid structure. When I first started working with people, I had, I had a plan, okay. right? And yeah. then after about three or four years of understanding the physiology, the, the, the symmetry, the biology, the energetics, the psychology, the emotion. Mm -hmm. After I understood that, I got a tap on my shoulder by God. And he said, listen, you're now getting in the passenger seat. And I was like, huh? It was like, all I want you to do is arrive with an empty mind. Okay. And I'll tell you what to do. Hmm, cool. No more plans. Yeah, I was like, no. I was more trying plans. to control it. Yep. Right. Like, well, yeah. why did why did I learn all this stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, because you needed to have skills. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. you've built the skill. Now let me drive the car. Yeah. Wow. I said, okay, I can do that. So, regardless of what arrives at my door with a gentle knock on Monday morning, on Monday afternoons at twelve noon, mm -hmm. right? I know there's going to be a very simple 
profound solution for what this person is suffering from. Wow. And um, all suffering comes from limiting beliefs created by children in their precognitive state of function. Mm-hmm. So you you have children, I assume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kay does. I'm, I do. She's we are okay. 23 okay. weeks okay. pregnant with yeah. our first. Okay. Good, yeah. good. Well, there will come a point where your daughter <laughs> believes in Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So there's 100 million children in the world right now who believe a fat man in a red and white suit is going to come down a chimney. They don't even have a chimney in their apartment, mm-hmm. but he's going to come down a chimney <laughs> right. and he's going to eat mama's cookies, drink mm-hmm. her milk mm-hmm. that she laid out for him and lay presents underneath the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is children don't understand context, right? right? So when you're in a precognitive state of function, children experience things that are harsh. They experience harsh language. They experience harsh energy. And what parents don't understand is a child's nervous system is as fragile as a butterfly's wings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An adult's nervous system has been so inundated with stress Mm -hmm. and numbing that most adults can't even feel Mm -hmm. reasons why they're bothered by anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And because they've used numbing strategies in order to survive. And so practically what I do is very basic. I figure out what are the strongest negative projections that they created about their mom and their dad, Mm -hmm. because that lets me know where their greatest limiting beliefs are. Yeah. And once I do that, then it's easy because I know where these projections live whatever you know like um let's say someone says well what's your strongest negative projection about your mom well she's overly controlling and passive aggressive Mm -hmm. great i know where passive aggressive lives in the body Mm -hmm. i know where excessive control lives in the body then all i have to do is reduce the tension and the stress in that part of the body and guess what happens instead of having a discordant relationship with their mom they can go on vacation with mom for eight days and have a great time and are never triggered hmm. because guess what? Whatever's in your body is in your life. Hmm. But how did it get into your body in the first place? It got into your body through the epigenetics and the genetics of your, both of your parents that they handed off to you hmm. and the environment that reinforced those limiting beliefs, those insecurities, those inner deficiencies and those fears that were passed off to you from womb until 13. Mm-hmm. And then once I identify that, then it's super, super easy. Wow. Now I attach their intent to their negative projections that they've created. I go into that part of the body. I reduce that. And then now they're living in a state of freedom. How wonderful would it be for you know your listeners to be able to quiet their inner critic by 80%? Mm-hmm. It would radically change mm-hmm. their lives. So, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's now, yeah. because, you know, when you run the strong inner critic, what happens is eventually your cup can only take so much before it starts spilling over the edge. Mm-hmm. And you know your strong inner critic is spilling over the edge when your criticism now is projected onto your husband mm-hmm. or gets projected onto your children yes, or gets projected onto your boss or mm-hmm. starts getting projected onto your coworkers. Mm-hmm. So that, at that point, yeah. you should be able to have enough self-awareness to take a half step back and go, oh, I've been really judgmental today. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been judging myself really harshly this week. Why? Mm-hmm. And then get in front of a mirror, pull out a chair, sit down, look eye to eye, right? The eyes are the windows to the soul and have a conversation with your soul. Hey, what's going on? What do I need to know? What am I missing here? Mm-hmm. And let your soul speak through and into your personality mm-hmm. so that you can at least access some measure of honesty that's great enough for you to find enough hope and enough confidence to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. Wow. Right. Those are those are the those are practical mm-hmm. interference buttons. Mm-hmm. And if that's too much for you, right, you're like, you're going to be creeped out by looking into your own eyes. <laughs> and this is way outside of your frame of reference. I got a simple little solution. When you feel your anxiety shifting up 1% or your anger or your fear or your self-righteousness, breathe relative to the amount of anxiety or stress or anger or self-righteousness that you're having. So if your self-righteousness is at a 10, right, and you're ready to launch in to your husband's mom, okay, (laughs) (laughs) go outside, okay, sit in your car or find a quiet place and breathe for, you know, five or six minutes as deep and as fast as you can. But if your self-righteous level, your anxiety level, your fear level is at a two, then find a quiet place and breathe at a two. What does a two sound like? A two sounds like this. And as soon as you match, which is this is really beautiful thing about the human body is as soon as you match your breath to your authentic stress level, Mm -hmm. your stress immediately resolves Mm -hmm. immediately. So if it's at a five and you're breathing at a two, you got no chance of resolving it. Mm. If it's at a 10 and you're breathing at a one or zero, you're holding your breath is what most people do when it's at a 10. And the reason why it's at a 10 is because you're holding your breath. When you breathe or you sigh or you cry or you shake because you're bothered, it informs the people around you that you're stressed Mm. and you're beyond your capacity. Mm-hmm. When you're honest enough to allow them in, into your inner experience, mm-hmm. they are willing to put their spear down mm-hmm. to help you. Mm-hmm. But when you don't do that because you don't feel safe enough emotionally, mm-hmm. then guess what you got to do? You need to remove yourself from the experience, go find a place in the house, breathe until you reduce down, back down to zero, back down to one. And then go in and have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Because when a person's in a state of fight or flight, you cannot have a rational conversation about anything. Because you're in fight or flight. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, the question for the listeners, well, how do I get out of fight or flight? I just told you. Mm Right. Okay. That is how you get out of fight or flight. Now you're out of fight or flight. You and your husband can have a rational conversation. Right. about your fear he comes home and goes listen betsy i the credit card bill came to the job and there's a fourteen hundred and ninety dollar charge on the bill and i told you last week we don't have any room to be spending any money what are you doing 
Like, this is nonsense. Like, how many times I can't work any harder? Okay. Like, I'm already working on Saturdays. Do I get, get another job on Sundays? And then finally, she's, she goes into her state, right? <laughs> she's listened as the caller, as, as the listener on your call, right? As the renegade. <laughs> and the renegade goes and finds a quiet space, mm -hmm. right? She reduces the angry monster down and she comes in and she goes, listen, I spent the $1,490 on a specialist for our daughter because she's been suffering from this thing that happened to her that she promised me that I wouldn't tell you about. Um. And I didn't know how to bring it up to you without breaking my confidence with her. Hmm. And now they're having a rational conversation, right? Yeah. Right. Now they can be intimate. Right. 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 And now in that intimacy, guess what happens? They get closer together rather than get getting further apart. Right. But when you're locked into fight or flight state, your communication changes, right? right? It either moves to zero, you're either going to shift into zero and into silence and passive aggressiveness, mm -hmm. or you're going to shift into aggressiveness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The thing about women, women want solutions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yep, they want them now. Yeah. Like, I want a solution <laughs> yes. now. Like, yes. Bob, what the F is bothering you? Yeah. You've yeah. been acting like a jerk for three days. Yeah. And because the woman doesn't, it makes her feel uncomfortable. Women don't like the feeling of being unsafe. Mm -hmm. And when you've got a husband or you've got a brother, you've got a son who has unrelenting levels of anger underneath, the woman can always feel it in her body. Mm -hmm. So she can't pretend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she needs to pop that, that balloon. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So she's going to use whatever is at her uh, that's within arm's reach in order to create a solution. And so mm -hmm. I think if you want to have uh, healthy levels of communication and authentic self-expression that lead to intimate resolutions, you have to get yourself out of fight or flight. In the moment that you recognize that you're in fight or flight, you need to remove yourself from the experience because it, now he's in fight or flight and right. he's shut down. He's mm -hmm. not saying anything. He won't talk to me. He's gone in his room. Bob, let's have a conversation. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Bob, let's come on, honey. Let's talk about, I don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm really sorry. I don't care if you're sorry. I don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Right now he's triggered. He's in his survival based strategy. Right? right. And now you have three kids at home and there's this discordant vibration that's going on between the parents. And the children don't know how to translate it because their minds are stuck in a precognitive state of function. Mm -hmm. And all they know is whenever mom wears a red dress mm -hmm. and anyone who's dressed in red, I should stay away from mm -hmm. them. Right. So they're making up ideas about reality that are false and untrue. Mm -hmm. And then later on as adults, when they get into that fight or flight state, their subconscious mm -hmm. programming takes over. And they try to apply the strategy of a six-year-old who's doing everything they can to avoid punishment, rejection, humiliation, violence, discomfort, pain, and death. Mm -hmm. And now you've got this 42-year-old rational-minded woman who's being misrepresented, being misrepresented by the precognitive strategies mm -hmm. of her six-year-old self mm -hmm. who doesn't understand reality. Mm -hmm.
And so instead of moving into healthy conflict resolution strategies and intimacies, she's now emasculating him as strong, as hard and as fast as she can, Mm -hmm. because she feels like she's on eggshells Mm -hmm. every time he gets into an angry, emotional, toxic state of function. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yep. That all makes sense. I I feel like a bobblehead over here because I'm just like like, nodding nonstop, right? (laughs) Like I can't stop nodding to all of this. Man, I needed you in my life about three years ago. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We did a lot of inner work this year, so we're we're yes, no, no kidding. So, So there is a bit of like a you're like kind of what I'm gleaning from from this for myself in the future. It's like you got to be present. You got to have your feet on the ground. You got to accept where you're all at emotionally. You got to be aware of it. You got to own it. You got to be vulnerable. You got to try to connect. I mean, and then the kind of life comes through that. Is that kind of, am I hitting some of the points all right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first aspect, obviously, is awareness. But in order to have awareness, you know, you you just said that, hey, you've been doing the inner work for the last three years. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is you have to do the inner work so that you're at least aware But let's say you're a listener on the call right now and you don't have that level of of awareness now. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is the outcome. Because when you freak out and you go into fight and your husband goes into flight or he goes into fight and you go into flight, the end result of that is you're both triggered. Mm -hmm. Right, right. When you go into your, when you separate and he goes, goes into his room and you go down to the living room and you're going to keep yourself busy cooking and cleaning Mm -hmm. until it goes down. Don't worry about it. At that moment, when you go into the kitchen, do exactly what I said, Mm -hmm. go into your breathing. Because as soon as you bring your stress level back down to a zero, Mm -hmm. Bob might be suffering in his room, Mm -hmm. right? Playing video games, like rushing the buttons. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Throwing the controller and yelling at the TV. But now that your stress level has been reduced to a zero, Mm -hmm. when you go in and you go, hey, look, I want to tell you that I'm sorry. You know what happens? He feels you. Mm -hmm. He hears Mm -hmm. you. Because now you're back down to neutral. Mm -hmm. So when you get to neutral, you can bring your partner who's triggered back down to neutral. But when you're at a 10 Mm -hmm. and he's at a 9, you can't bring him to neutral. You can't bring him to rational thought. Right. He can't bring you to rational thought because right, yeah. you're still yeah. in Triggersville. <laughs> right. Yeah. right? Yeah. So if, you, if you're aware enough that you can preemptively, right, yeah. step into that state, great. But if you're not, don't worry about it because you're going to fail. Like part of success, the greatest part of success is failure. If you're not taking a risk, then you're not failing. But guess what? Women take big risks emotionally because you know what? They got kids Mm -hmm. and the center of their universe is all about care. So they want, they're going to take a risk and pop Bob's balloon. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want the three kids to be at the effect of this for the three-day memorial weekend. Right. So if they get to pop that on Friday night to get Bob to be grounded enough to have a good time the next three days, a woman is going to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Most men won't. Mm-hmm. right? Because men mostly emotional 
are cowards, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the reason why they're cowards is because they've just simply never been taught. Mm -hmm. Like if you teach a man how to get under the hood while a motor is going, the fan is going and all these belts mm -hmm. happening and to get under a hood when things and there's oil spewing, <laughs> right? And you teach him how to do it, a man will do it with confidence. Mm -hmm. But most men have not been trained how to communicate in the emotional world when they're triggered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Women for tens of thousands of years mm -hmm. had no choice. So they had to figure out a strategy mm -hmm. and they passed it off to the women in the tribe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we but got this. this. Is how, we got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how you deal with this. Yep. Men have basically figured out how to remove themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hoping that the trash and the dust goes under the rug. <laughs> And they don't have to deal with it for another three months, right? Mm -hmm. So they get quiet, right? Yep. And they push it underneath the rug. And so, you know, if you're a woman on the call listening or your man on the call listening, you got to know what your strategies are mm -hmm. and what you do when you get triggered. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mostly if I get triggered and I'm in a teaching dynamic, I'm going to launch at the person. Mm. Okay. I'm going to get right into like, yo, this is what's up. Mm. Okay. If I'm an interpersonal romantic relationship, mm -hmm. I'm usually going to be quiet initially. Mm. Okay. Because part of my strategy and the way that I dealt with all the stress in my environment as a kid was to listen. Mm. Right. I'm an auditory learner. So, I'm not a visual learner. I'm not a kinesthetic learner first. I'm an auditory learner first. So my default is let me listen. Mm -hmm. It may be perceived as stoicism, okay. but really I'm listening for inconsistencies, mm -hmm. right? The challenge is when I was first listening for inconsistencies, I was listening to defend my position. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I wasn't listening to create resolution. And then I learned like, okay, listen for creating resolution and give acknowledgement that you at least hear what they're saying. You may not understand because look, I'm never going to be a woman, right? <laughs> I'm not interested in being a woman. Um, I believe women are wonderful the way that they are. <laughs> they got that covered. Yep. Uh, yep. If I can be of use and help in some way, great, but make no mistake, honey, I'm going to stay in my lane. Mm -hmm. I feel good here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've realized over time that, you know, men have a similar way of functioning when they're being bombarded with multiple levels of information. Because the reason why men are so good at what they do when they do it is because we have a single-minded focus. Mm. So when I'm in a single-minded focus and I'm, I'm here in New Jersey mm -hmm. focusing on these two people that need some help, I'm not thinking about my lady. I'm not thinking about our relationship. <laughs> yeah. I'm not thinking about our dogs. I'm not thinking about what we're going to be doing over the weekend. My mind is squarely focused in on the two people in front of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, <laughs> yep. and that is how I'm wired. And I've learned to accept that that's how I'm wired. Yeah. Could that be frustrating for someone who's in partnership and relationship for me? Yes, mm -hmm. because I designate the end of my day for communicating with my wife mm -hmm. okay 
I wait till the end of the day. Let's communicate. What's going on? How was your day? And da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to know yourself enough. Mm-hmm. Are, are you a listener? Are you a problem solver? Like, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. do you want a solution or do you just want to chitter chatter? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to know who you are and how you function so that when you're in relationship with others, you can inform them on what you're like. Mm-hmm. And so my students, I let them know, like, look, if you're doing something that I view is going to be harmful when you're working on someone's body, I'm going to stop you immediately. So you understand I'm correcting you for the purpose of helping you build a healthy, powerful practice mm-hmm. as opposed to shame you in front of others. Mm-hmm. Right. We're in a group guy in that dynamic. I can't take everybody outside and have a private conversation with you mm-hmm. because right. the mistake that you're making, probably somebody else in the room is making as well. Right. And they need to be made aware. Yeah. So let's have an agreement that coaching is on at all times. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you're into it. If they raise their hand and they're not into it, I say, look, uh, I'm going to give you a refund. This is not the course for you. This is how I teach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Almost okay. be mature enough to take that criticism and use it yeah. constructively. And yeah. 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 Constructive direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Well, I can only criticize a person if they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I can only redirect a person if they don't know what they're doing and they don't know what they're doing. So it's actually, it may feel like criticism, but it's actually direction. Yes. If you know what you're doing, now I'm criticizing you because I'm saying the thing that you're doing, you're doing it in incorrect way in the way that I taught you. They don't have any idea what they're doing in <laughs> yeah. the beginning, but a lot of people have grown up in households with parents who were overly critical. Mm-hmm. And so they have certain sensibilities and certain sensitivities. Mm-hmm. And knowing who you are as a teacher, mm-hmm. as a healer, as a practitioner, as a guide, as a coach, mm-hmm. as you inform the people, this is how I operate, then they have a choice to either participate in the way that you operate or not. Yeah. Right. And so. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what's the title of like your school or your program? Like when the people finish the program, are they called healers or what's? No, the, no, they're called stress-free facilitators. Whoa. Okay. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all, because the whole process is about the reduction of stress. Wow. So this, this is a stress-free facilitator. They will get you stress-free. Wow. That's awesome. And then guess what happens? Because you're a stress-free facilitator and guess what we do? We teach the people how to do it to themselves. So they're not relying on us and there's no codependent dependent relationship. I'm allergic to codependency (laughs) professionally. Okay. Uh, Do we have it in our private interpersonal romantic lives? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Yet professionally, I'm allergic to it. I want people to be empowered. Yep. And, you know, I went to a boarding school growing up in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and they taught us how to clean. They taught us how to cook. They taught us how to farm. They taught us, you know, everything imaginable underneath the sun. And so when I left at 17 years old, I was self-sufficient. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about someone who comes to you that has consistent states of bloating, right? Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing for a woman who's going to an event. She's got thin arms, thin legs. And then she's got these jeans. She wants them to fit a certain way. Mm -hmm. Women, as a race, you're under a pressure 
that I'm not under, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't care about the gray hair on my face, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I don't care about the gray hair on my head. My lady might, but I don't, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not going to be judged as a man on the way that I look. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be judged on the way that I perform and on the way that I lead, mm-hmm. right? True. Do I have something to the table that I can bring that's of value that produces a consistent, immediate, permanent result? Yeah, That's how I'm going to be judged, mm-hmm. right? Women, you got a different, you have a different ride, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've been inundated from the time while you were in the womb, your mom was still being in and um, inundated by the culture around her, mm-hmm. around the way she looks and if she's gaining weight and how her shape is changing and what clothes she's wearing. And, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I rarely have to deal with something like that. Yeah. And so my esteem comes from a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you got to know who you are. Mm-hmm. You got to know what triggers you mm-hmm. and you got to know how you operate. Yep. Yeah. And if you know those things, you can communicate to those around you like, look, this is me. Yeah. This is how I operate. This is how I function. Do you want to benefit from what I have to offer? If you do, this is what you're going to have to contend with. Right. So I'm going to jump in here quick with the like with the male and female. So this is interesting because this might be like your masculine energy. But I don't know if Eleni, if you grew up this way, but as a female, my energy was like not like you couldn't have your I don't know, like your self-worth couldn't be so experienced. Like we always just push it off to other people. So even you talking and being like, you got to know your self-worth. You got to know yourself. No, I'm like, oh, we can't spend that much time on ourselves. That's selfish as a woman. You know what I mean? So then I'm like, yes. no, okay, you got to yeah. just spend time on yourself. It's not selfish. It's good. I you think know? because women well, by yeah. nature are caretakers and yeah. tend to be more, they're always focused on every, at least what I deal with in yeah. my client population of, of wellness patients is women tend to be caretakers for everyone else first and they put their needs last and so oftentimes my hardest job as a nutritionist is getting a woman to like have put herself first yeah. or take care of herself first and understand that she cannot be a, a, the best caretaker for the other individuals in her life if she's not taking care of her own needs. That is really hard to get women to understand yeah. I think because by nature we put everybody else first. We're programmed to put our kids needs first yeah to put the like dependents in our lives their needs first so whether that's a parent that you're taking care of or a grandparent or your children and then what they do is they put their own emotional physical and mental needs on the back burner because they're meeting everybody else's needs first (laughs) yeah and they don't take care of themselves and then (laughs) yeah yeah and the way and ladies as listeners on the call the way that you know that you're doing that and that your strategy is incorrect, your body is starting to swell. Mm. The first indication Mm. that that's happening is your body starts to swell. What does that mean? You start to gain weight. Mm -hmm. And when you're gaining weight, it's coming from your body's losing its ability to transform and transport the fluid out of your body because your pancreas and your spleen are severely overstressed. Mm -hmm. And that puts you psychologically and emotionally in a state of Mm self-sacrifice. Wow, like literal. Wow. Literally sacrificing yourself in order to maintain relationships with others. And so in my program, when I work with people and I'm teaching them, 
what do you think one of the first bester sizes is that I teach them? It's to deal with the discordant um, or the disharmony in the function of the pancreas and their spleen. Because I know that leads to poor communication and poor choices around how I utilize my time, my energy, my effort, my resources, and my skills to my own benefit. And so, again, as a woman on the call, as a listener, mm -hmm. or this happens to men too, Yeah. when you start to swell, mm -hmm. okay, even if it's two pounds and you're starting to swell, your body's telling you you're not communicating to your own benefit. And what that means is this. There's self-expression and there's clear communication. Clear communication means I have the ability to enroll those around me to help me meet my needs, my wants, and my desires. Mm -hmm. If I am unable to do that in an efficient manner, I begin running under currents of resentment. Oh, yeah. And resentment, because it's a form of anger, and it's the least, um, it's the easiest to hide, mm -hmm. right? Right it's the least recognizable, mm -hmm. it makes it the most toxic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because someone can be resentful in a marriage for 20 years, mm -hmm. and their partner not even know it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. the way that you know you are, ladies, is your body starting to swell. Mm -hmm. That's letting you know that your needs aren't getting met, and you're not enrolling everyone around you. And the key about this is this. For a woman, when she needs to get her needs to be met, she needs to communicate clearly in a way that inspires, inspires, and motivates, yeah. right? Yeah. Rather than uh, punishes yeah. and emasculates. Yeah. Right? right. Because when you do the punishment and the emasculation, what's going to happen is your husband or your boyfriend or your partner or your fiance, they're going to dig in their heels. And the day when you're like feeling the happiest and the most joyful, that's going to be the day they act out the most aggressive mm -hmm. because energy is always seeking balance, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're in a relationship, you maintain a certain state of polarity. So if you're running resentment that then turns into punishment and emasculation, guess what happens to the male? Because men are quiet, he grabs it, he constricts it, and he stuffs it and he pushes it down. Okay, I don't want to show you. He's going to grab it. He's going to constrict it. He's going to stuff it and push it down. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when he does that, he's going to wait till a day when you're like free flowing. Ah, <laughs> oh, look at all the flowers on the hillsides. Okay. Life is wonderful. Now, Bob is going to act out. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's going to, it's going to reaffirm for you not to trust him. Mm. Right, right. And now underneath you have this underlying war that is occurring, right? Mm -hmm. Little snippets here, little statements there, little always, you nevers, yeah. you always, uh -huh. you nevers, yes. you always, <laughs> you nevers, right? Then suddenly it's 2023, you're bringing up the time that he was uh he didn't open the door for you at the prom <laughs> and it was embarrassing because your dad was sitting across the street and now she had explained that you really are a gentleman and <laughs> jimmy now all all this stuff from the past gets pushed into the present day today mm -hmm. and that's because it's it's a part of your unresolved lifetime accumulated stress load right right 
And suddenly you have this person who you've been attracted to at an emotional level, a person who you feel safe with at a spiritual, energetic, emotional level, a person that you're turned on by at a sexual level. Now with somebody that you can't stand the sight of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that you know, again, that this is happening, the resistance is building is because your body is swelling. Hmm. And as your body swells, it indicates and reflects to you that you're sacrificing yourself. You're unable to communicate your desires and wants and needs in a way that's inspirational and motivational. Right. And because you can't do that, your needs aren't getting met. And now the resentment is getting greater. Now the spleen and the pancreas are more stressed, right? Mm -hmm. And so now... Function-wise, it makes it more difficult for them to transform and transport the fluid out of your body. Mm -hmm. So now six months later, you swell a little bit more. Go five years in that pattern, and then eventually Bob comes home, and and, uh, where where his uh, TV controller is for the football game are divorce papers. Mm -hmm. Sign these tonight. And it's like, how did we get there? Right. How did we get there? The way that women get there. Mm -hmm. See, communication is feminine by nature. Mm -hmm. Selfishness is a feminine quality. The problem is this. Yeah. During the dark ages, men punished women severely. Mm. And when I mean punishment, they raped Mm -hmm. and they killed them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so woman was no longer allowed to be self-focused because if she was for a millisecond, the man felt threatened and then he brought down the hammer. Mm. And then women had to figure out, how do I survive this experience? Mm. Okay. You know, imagine just let's take England, for instance, Mm -hmm. if you were a Lord of a land and you're, you Um, had peasants on your land and they had a daughter 15 and you thought she was attractive and the father and the mother want to marry her off she's found a boy she's in love with Mm -hmm. and then the lord comes down and says bring her to my bedchamber tonight Mm -hmm. and you don't you know what happens they don't say hey listen we don't want you on our land anymore Mm -hmm. they make an example of you so that all the other peasants on that Lord's land, understand that our lives are his. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes in, he kills the dad, kills the brother, and he kills the mom. And he takes the daughter anyway, mm-hmm. right? So it was a, it was a, a lose-lose dynamic. Mm-hmm. That's why those peasants were willing to get on a boat mm-hmm. and risk their entire life to get on this wooden craft to sail, <laughs> you know, 3,000 miles or however many miles it is, mm-hmm. okay, to go to a land where they knew no one, mm-hmm. okay, but they would have a shot at creating and having control over their own life. Hmm. Yeah. And mo- fathers mostly did this to put their daughters in a position where they at least had some choice. Yeah. Wow. Right. Right? Wow. Do that for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Two the female population Mm -hmm. and you're going to get distorted emotional and communication behaviors that are irrelevant and do not produce an Mm -hmm. impactful satisfactory result on a semi-consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And if we look at the Midwest in the United States, what do we see? 
women that are swollen everywhere. <laughs> I was going to say okay? that. <laughs> we do. We do. And yeah. this, this, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you have to look at the history yeah. and you have to understand like what's actually really going on. Right. These people do not feel comfortable and safe enough to communicate what their needs are mm -hmm. because they've been taught that being selfish yeah. is bad. Right. Mm -hmm. So imagine selfish, selfish to focus on self mm -hmm. yeah. is perceived as a negative quality. It has a negative connotation to it. Yet, what do they tell you as a student or an athlete? Well, if you don't focus on your desires, your wants and your needs, you'll never get what you want. Mm -hmm. But when you're in relationship, you're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. right. right. So outside of myself, as a woman, I'm allowed to focus on the things that I want. I want my kids to get into a good school. I want my daughter to be taught by the best dance company on the planet. I want my son to be able to work with the best coach. Right. Uh, you're allowed to have these selfish desires and wants for the things outside of you. But right. dare you. Mm. have those selfish desires, wants, and needs for your own healthy well-being. And this has led to a lot of the mental illness mm -hmm. on the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like go be selfish. If it's good for the others around you, good for yourself, go go do, go get what you want. Yeah. and I, Yeah, go be selfish because it's yeah. a win-win for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to ask Why? you too, Chris, we were Thanks. talking about before we um, hopped into the recording portion of this podcast. I was saying how in my experience with my nutrition practice and my wellness patients, um, you know, our, my patients can come to me with any number of things, whether they have skin complaints and eczema or they have yeah. unprecedented weight gain or they're having issues with their thyroid or they have cancer or they have heart, heart disease or hypertension or, you know, they got some blood work back that they're unhappy about. And we can make all the changes we want from a nutritional perspective and a lifestyle perspective and, you know, help them with their sleep, help them with their diet, help them with their lifestyle, help them with their activity, get them in motion more. But when they don't address the underlying traumas mm -hmm. and stresses and emotional issues in their lives, they don't see the progress that they want to see. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could tell us what other sorts of health outcomes have you seen in your clientele that have built up from years of not addressing the stress and the emotional and the mental tension that's going on in their body? Uh, you know, over the years, it, it's changed. Initially, the demographic that I worked with were people who had back stiffness, right? Mm -hmm. Back stiffness, back pain, joint pain, and uh, stuff that was happening down at the kidney level, right? And whenever you have discomfort and pain in your joints, okay, whether it's um, in your digits, in your hands or your toes or your knees, neck and back are, are, are the usual suspects, it's an indication that your kidneys are stressed. But the question is what stresses out the kidneys? What stresses out the kidney is when a person over adjusts their personality. And so let's say um, you're with someone, you're going to a Bob Marley concert and the person you're going with is like excessively loud, right? Sure. So if you choose to be, and you're usually like a 
sort of like a fun, happy person, but you're not too loud and you're not too quiet, if you choose to meet them and being overly loud or you choose to go into silence because they're so loud, mm. right? You're over adjusting your personality mm. to fit in with this person. Mm. And, you know, over adapting and over adjusting creates a lot of joint issues. Mm. That is, that's the psychological behavior that's driving that. The problem is this, is because your kidneys are already overstressed. That's the only way that you know to function because that's the greatest that's the greatest way, the easiest way to avoid punishment, rejection, humiliation, violence. Either join the club or do the exact opposite that they're doing to balance them out. Mm -hmm. Either way, there's a cost, right? Wow. There's a cost for the way that we think. There's a cost for the way that we breathe. There's a cost for the way that we move. And there's a cost for the way that we use our energy and how we express our behavior. Hmm. Right. And so the first step for me is to get the person to ask a very simple question is over adapting and over adjusting in this dynamic beneficial to me and beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, and you get an answer back from your soul, from your spirit, from source, from God, uh, from a guide, from a person, your therapist that goes, no, that's not beneficial, then you've got to figure out a way to be more authentic okay hmm. so, wow. so that that's that's i'm giving you like soup to nuts yeah. like here's the symptom but here's the behavior that's actually yeah creating it so right if you grow up in a household and your parents interfere with your ability to explore your environment by using their voice in a harsh way jamie don't touch that mm -hmm. michael put that down right then what's going to happen is you're going to interfere with that child's ability to be feel safe enough to explore their environment mm -hmm. to satisfy enough of their curiosity. Mm -hmm. If you do that again and again and again and again, the child will become risk averse. Mm -hmm. Okay. And children who are risk averse are most susceptible to addiction, mm -hmm. addiction to alcohol, addiction to pharmaceutical drugs, and an addiction to recreational drugs. Why? Because when they're on these substances, they suddenly feel safe enough to take risk. Mm -hmm. Now there's the girl in the corner that they've always wanted to talk to at school. They got five or six beers in them. And then they're like, hey, Susie, what's up? Mm -hmm. Right? Right. But if they were sober, they, 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 they would never have the confidence to be authentically self-expressed. So what I've seen is... Um, what I would call an addiction to the daily drug. So daily drugs are acceptable societal drugs. So an mm -hmm. acceptable societal drug is nicotine, mm -hmm. caffeine, mm -hmm. refined white and sugar, mm -hmm. alcohol, mm -hmm. pharmaceutical drugs, right. and now marijuana. Mm -hmm. Okay. And all the things they use that to create. Um, <laughs> and also now what we call plant medicines, which are still recreational drugs, mm -hmm. okay? Right. Okay. Right. They still do the same amount of damage, whether you put on it the the label of medicinal or recreational, the damage is still the same. And so what I've seen over, especially since 2008, and I got a very deep education on the impacts of these substances on the brain mm -hmm. and how it alters the personality is that people are using the daily acceptable drug that matches 
their base state, right? Wow. And so for, for what most people don't understand is that all these drugs are called anxiogenics. And what that means is they're anxiety-causing agents. <laughs> Caffeine is actually an anxiety-causing agent. But if you have anxiety mm-hmm. and you put an anxiety-causing agent anxiogenic inside of you, while it's inside of your body, it reduces your anxiety. Mm-hmm. But it only gives you a momentary reprieve from that state. And then guess what happens? Now your base state of anxiety a year later is now this high. Mm-hmm. Five years later, it's now this high right. because you keep leaning on the same daily acceptable drug. Mm-hmm. And so what I always impart to people is you got to come up with a plan with your nutritionist or your therapist to reduce your addiction to the daily acceptable drugs, which is what I call negative stress management tools. Yeah. Right. Sure. Look, people are going to use what they have in their environment to manage their their stress load. Right. I was working with a guy this morning. His son came out of his room. He slammed the door. He got really loud. He was upset. And his dad went outside and he had a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Ah. Okay. Because he couldn't handle that that stress. So I got to yeah. reduce his stress load enough inside of his body mm-hmm. so that when that happens, he doesn't personalize that experience or it doesn't make him feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the only reason why people lean on the uh, daily acceptable drugs is because they feel unsafe in the environment that they're in. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you and I were get at 10 of your friends go out and be social, most of them within an hour are going to either have a beer or a martini or some fun, you know, uh, bub- some fun bubbly drink or whiskey. They're going to do something that they can to manage the stress of their nervous system being locked into a state of hypervigilance that's making them feel super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I put this substance in my body. Now it's going to reduce my anxiety and I'm going to feel comfortable enough to be able to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so what my feeling is that the levels of the, the lack of development socially and emotionally mm-hmm. is leading to um, debilitating states of social anxiety and stress. Yes. And people are leaning on these negative stress management tools mm-hmm. in order to be able to attempt to relate mm-hmm. to other humans yeah. and have a good time. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So those th- those are some of the things that I see. Yeah. Uh, that are the most glaring and most obvious that no one's talking about. Yeah. And you know, as we start to shine a light on these kinds of things, and get this kind of information out to the public at large, at least when you're in the know, you can begin to choose to have a different action. But if you're not in the know, Mm -hmm. you're going to continue to lean on the negative stress management tools that you've been using to manage your anxiety. Mm -hmm. So if we've got negative stress management tools, there must be positive stress management tools. Well, guess Mm -hmm. what? All of us are in the field of positive stress management tools, right? Mm -hmm. You teach people, hey, why don't you do this, this, and this? Let let me give you an alternative option Mm -hmm. that's going to produce a result that may help you reduce your weight or may help you reduce your anxiety or may help you get a better night's sleep. Right. And now that we have a whole, we have these volumes and an entire mass of people that are out pushing positive stress management tools, you know, the world is changing. Mm -hmm. But the question is, 
are negative stress management tools and positive stress management tools, do they lead to stress resolution? And the answer is absolutely not. Right. Mm. Okay. And I think the thing that you, what you astutely figured out, which is the first time I've heard somebody figure that out, mm -hmm. is that if your lifetime accumulated stress load isn't dealt with through stress resolution tactics, then no matter how consistent my positive stress management tools are, I will not produce a satisfactory result that matches my vision. Right. And will then create more distrust mm. in positive stress management tools mm -hmm. and alternative states and traditional states of medicine. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Which actually works against us, right? It works against our community. Mm -hmm. So right. we need to have a conversation around what are stress resolution tools. So we have to have a little background, right? And so... Um, Let's talk about it like this. Mm -hmm. A child goes through a traumatic event. All children, every child alive has had a traumatic, every adult alive has had a traumatic event. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Anytime you were yelled at or dismissed or ignored by a parent or abandoned when you were crying, every one of those states produced trauma. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. The child, every child then produced what I call a winning strategy. And what that means is how they were going to cope and allow themselves to avoid experiencing, experiencing that level of trauma again. Hmm. And that's what I said earlier when I was talking about children will do everything they can to avoid punishment, rejection, humiliation, violence, discomfort, and pain. Right. Hmm. Once a child employs that strategy and they have success with it, guess what happens? Mm -hmm. The nervous system begins to recognize the child's strategy as self. Hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. It begins to recognize the inauthentic you as you. Hmm. Yeah. The problem is this, is that your consciousness and your soul realizes that that's not true. Hmm. And now it starts to perceive, perceive your outer reality as a threat. Hmm. And once it sees it as a threat, once it sees mom as a threat, once it sees dad's hand or dad's paddle or mom's whip or mom's throat or mom's tongue or, uh, or my brother's fist as a threat, the brain moves into what's called a lateralized state of function. And that means half of one hemisphere turns off electrically. Hmm. Wow. Wow. One hemisphere turns off electrically. And when that happens, the opposite side of the body turns off electrically. Hmm. So one side of your body becomes passive and long and weak. And the other side of your body becomes tight, short, and strong. Hmm. Because the other hemisphere is on. But now all the electricity is over in this hemisphere. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, guess what your brain's job is to do? Its job is to govern. Mm -hmm. Govern what? impartially mm. to govern without bias to govern from neutrality mm -hmm. well if one hemisphere of my brain is turned on electrically and the other one is turned off do you think it can govern through impartiality and unbiased and neutrality it's an impossibility so now the child is moving through the world with vested interest mm. 
and vested interest has right or wrong outcomes. And right or wrong outcomes inform me that I'm in a state of incoherence. Mm. So a massive amount of stress produces a tiny bit of tension, Mm -hmm. a tiny bit of tension. A massive amount of tension creates a tiny bit of distortion. Well, what gets distorted? I get my, so every world, every part of your body, physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, which means spiritually, has filters. Those filters are perceptual filters. How I translate and transcribe information, Mm -hmm. data, okay? Once my perceptual filters become distorted, I now have a chronic or intermittent state of discomfort which we would call pain, right? Mm -hmm. Emotionally, it's depression, Mm -hmm. suppression, repression, hopelessness, Mm -hmm. right? Carelessness. If it's physical, I got gallbladder pain. I've got kidney pain. I've got my uh, ejection fraction ratio has dropped to 35%. Um, I'm moving into dementia. Or I've got physical structural pain, right? Yeah. Mentally... My mind becomes unclear. I shift into states of paranoia, schizophrenia, hmm. egomaniacal behavior. I'm indecisive. I'm inconsistent, right? Or I've got spiritual, energetic pain and discomfort. What does that mean? I'm unable to be integrous with my ethics, my morals, my values, and my principles. Mm-hmm. That's spiritual pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've got the guy that, and we've heard these stories. You've got the preacher, right? We find out he's he's got a TV show. He's been preaching for ten years, and we just find out he's got he's got fifteen other kids around the country, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. Okay, yeah. so he's on the pulpit. Old. He's preaching, right? But yeah. then he's also, and the reason why he's preaching is because he needs the preaching the most. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's spiritually sick. Mm-hmm. When a person is spiritually unwell. What does it mean? They're unable to be integrous with their ethics, morals, values, and principles at an individual level, at a familial level, at a communal level, and at a cultural level. Mm-hmm. And so now they're spiritually sick. And again, or people are emotionally sick, or people are physically sick, or people are mentally sick. Right. And we live on a planet, which you know 1,000% for sure, both of you know, mm-hmm. we live on a planet that's unwell, and has been unwell for thousands of years. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anytime a male population has to convince women that they're selfish Mm -hmm. (laughs) for following and getting their own needs met, Mm -hmm. we're living on a sick planet. Yeah. Anytime a woman is not allowed to be put into a position of leadership at a C-suite level, at a Fortune 500 company because she's a woman, mm-hmm. we're professionally sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when a um, when an athlete doesn't have the ability to choose what team they want to be on because their ethics don't align to the ethics of the institution, mm-hmm. and we don't allow that athlete to move into an organization that's more aligned to their own set of values Mm -hmm. we're sports wise we're sick right 
right? Because these are these are these are abnormal states of function. Right. Well, what's the only thing that would create an abnormal state of function? An enormous amount of unresolved stress. <laughs> Right. They're passing laws right now to tell a woman, if you've been raped, you can't have an abortion from your rapist. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're creating laws that tell people things that they can't do. Mm. You know, your ethics are your ethics. Your values are your values. Your morals are your morals. It's your job to be integrous with them. It's not my job to chase after you and tell you how to live. Mm-hmm. But if you're living in discomfort and you're living in pain and you want to have resolution, you've got to introduce yourself into stress resolution tools. And what I mean by that are things like what I mentioned earlier, Bester size, stress mm-hmm. resolution, um, moshing, eye-centric strength, uh, body of light, uh, shaking medicine, any one of these things or systems that allow you to do this on your own Mm -hmm. in the privacy of your own home Mm -hmm. and you're not relying on someone else. Mm -hmm. That to me is self-empowerment. And when you, when when I teach people and I've worked with a lot of addicts Mm -hmm. and, um, and a lot of eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I teach someone how to pull the tension and stress out of their physical, mental, emotional, spiritual bodies. And they start to see something come back in that hasn't been around for a while. They know immediately what to do. Hmm. If they spend five minutes in that old behavior, the next layer of it, it gets, it gets resolved immediately. Right. Wow. Immediately. Cause I'm into instantaneous permanent change. Cause look, we're at this time in society where there's people like you and there's people like me that are putting the good word out. There's all these other avenues for people to get alternative levels of information that align to their value system. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in history that this has happened on a mass schedule. Mm-hmm. Okay. At a mass level, this is the first time in history that this has been available. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that we're taking advantage of this opportunity to co-create a conversation that could be powerful enough Mm -hmm. for someone to build enough confidence and enough trust that they could take a risk. Right. Yep. What's what's a risk? Buy a book. Mm -hmm. Educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Buy a good book on nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of books. You may not know everything about it. The person you're you're reading about they they wrote something that works for them and their clients right read as many books on nutrition as you can Mm -hmm. read as many books on sleep as you can read as many books on meditation as you can read as many books on on yoga and breath work as you can yeah educate yourself find the ones that align to you Mm -hmm. yes and your core values and your ethics so that every day when you're implementing these strategies they produce good feelings. And right. we said this early before we got on the call. When people feel good, they do good. Yes. And when yeah. people feel bad, they do bad. And what I mean by bad is they do things that cause them to grow through negative benefit. Right. Yep. When they do good, they're doing things that allow them to grow through positive benefit. Right. Clear communication, positive benefit. Withholding a clear communication, 
negative benefit. Okay. Um, Self-empowerment, positive benefit, passive aggressiveness, negative benefit, spaciousness, openness, positive benefit, excessive control and judgment, negative benefit. You get to choose how you want to grow if you're self-aware. But how are you going to be self-aware if your lifetime accumulated stress load is at 86.5% and the average human is that high? I've done 50,000 sessions, 100,000 hours of practical investigation into lifetime accumulated stress load. Cool. Wow. Okay. I'm going to see all those sheets. That's amazing. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. I've done a hundred thousand hours and I can tell you the average human is at 86.4% of their maximal state of saturation of stress, whether they're seven or they're 77, wow. they're born this way. Yeah. They didn't just turn out this way. They're born this way and then their environment reinforces it. Wow. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For sure. Okay. <laughs> Yep. So, so if you could use stress resolution tools to reduce your lifetime accumulated stress load by 50% mm. over a year period, you know what would happen to your restore, repair, and recovery rate? Mm-hmm. It would raise by 50%. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that means you would need half to sleep, half to sleep mm-hmm. to feel as good as you do now. Mm-hmm. Okay. But guess what happens? You end up getting a much deeper sleep because you're dropping down into fourth stage regenerative sleep and then it arrests the aging process. I will be 60 years old soon. No okay? way. <laughs> no way. I, I want you to take a look. No, There's no I'm not kidding you. My she, we, I asked the age to Eleni. I go, do you know what age and he I'm is? And I'm good at guessing and, ages. And she's good at age. And she goes, I think he's in his late 30s. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, you look great. And thank you. And I ran my engine hot, okay. right? Go to SEAL training, train for the Olympic trials, go to medical school. Any one of these organizations mm-hmm. will rip your ability to heal in half. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's All right. amazing. Okay. Uh, wow. Now, I, I, I want you to like to, to put it in perspective. Yeah. But for me, I have been, I've had access and developed stress resolution tools, which arrest the aging process. Yeah. Right. Yep. Oh okay. So mm-hmm. I weigh the same weight that I did for the last 22 years. Okay. I'm stronger than I ever was. Hmm. I sleep the least amount of time that I ever have. And I have the greatest amount of energy that I I ever had. I believe it. My mind is always quiet and my emotions are almost always grounded. Wow. So if you want a quiet mind, a young, supple, healthy body Mm -hmm. that's fluid with grounded emotions and an abundant amount of energy, Positive stress management tools will not get you there alone. Right. You need to reduce your lifetime accumulated stress load. And for the listener, I really want you to understand what I'm saying. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to take out the tension mm-hmm. out of all of your structural tissues. And I don't mean just doing yoga. Okay. I'm not talking about passive stretching. I'm talking about active engagement, maximal contraction. 
And if you can contract at maximal force, you can produce maximal change. Wow. But if, if you're only contracting at a minimum force, you're only creating a minimum change. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're not contracting at all, you're not, con- you're not creating any change. <laughs> so it's either maximum force and maximum change through stress resolution tools and systems, or it's through positive stress management tools and systems, which are minimal contraction. Mm. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. But those will never arrest the aging process. Mm. Right. Yeah. Wow. At 80, I will look the same. <laughs> I believe it. I totally <laughs> believe it too. We, okay. Yeah. I will pretty much look the same. Okay. <laughs> because amazing. I use positive stress management tools. Yeah. I'm reducing every week. I'm reducing my lifetime accumulated stress load for the last 22 years. Yeah. It keeps reducing, it keeps reducing, it keeps reducing. Every year I get more patient. I get more open. I get more loving. I get more consistent. I get more grounded. I become more available. Every single year I continue to keep opening up like this beautiful sacred flower, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And That's when a fl- it's like we all love looking at a rose, right? They're beautiful flowers, but when they're in full bloom and mm-hmm. they open all the way, mm-hmm. it's a completely different experience, right? Mm-hmm. Right? We love lilies. Like lilies are beautiful, mm-hmm. but when when they're closed, they're still attractive, but when they open all the way, mm-hmm. right? It's like, "Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. Look at all this beauty that God has created for us to benefit from." Right. Yeah. And so I'm here to help people get access to reduce their lifetime accumulated stress load to increase their restore repair and recovery rate so they can stop aging in a way that is unhealthy and toxic Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and that allows them to be in a consistent state of joy and happiness and peace Mm -hmm. right Wow. And who doesn't want that? Yeah. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) I'm still in awe from your age. Like, Like, I can't get over this. Yeah. Like, who wouldn't want that? Right. 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 Um, Okay. And I'm going to have to jump in here because I have to go in like five minutes, guys. But so so we should wrap this up in respect of our our time schedule. But is there any last thing that you would want to share with our listeners before we end here? yeah, this has been tremendous. And I'm I, like, I feel like we need to have you on for yeah, a second episode. We need to have you on again because oh, well, I have I'm, a million please, questions. Should, <laughs> yes, please, please. And I will do yeah. my best to answer every one of those. Yes. I am I am a global wealth of information that I've is practical it. and mm-hmm. pragmatic mm-hmm. and produces, does what it says, and says what it does. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And, I, I, and I, I like things to be simple. Things aren't simple and easy to apply and they don't produce the same result every single time and they're not verifiable or repeatable. They're not science to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And spirituality is science. Nutrition is science. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. People may not think it's science, but it's science. Yes. Right. right. Yes. Two plus two equals four. Four plus four equals eight. If it doesn't do that to me, it's woo woo. I can do woo-woo with the best of them. Right. right? I told you, I, I have, yes. God gave me the gift of laying on of hands. I can pull stress and pain out of someone's body by just putting my hand there and falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yet, my mind is science-based, mm-hmm. right? I like to produce things that other people can repeat and help others do themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, 
if you're someone who wants to arrest your aging, mm -hmm. you want to reduce your anxiety, you want to reduce your anger, you want to reduce your self-righteousness mm -hmm. and slow down the self-inner critic and minimize that aspect of yourself, you want to grow your confidence, you want to have more consistent access to resources, you want to be able to take risk where you're risk averse, and you want to be happy, joyful, and have a peaceful mind and an open heart, I'm your guy. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. find me. It's simple. I wrote a book called Free for Life. Free for Life. The okay. U.S. Navy SEALs Path to Inner Freedom and Outer Peace. You got to read the book. Read the book three times. But I did you one better. I actually got out of the studio two months ago because I went in there and I read the book. <laughs> and it's my voice. Okay. It's my energy. Awesome. Those are my words. That's my story. And it will inspire you. And inside that book, in the audio book, I put an energetic attunement that you can run every single day that will amplify your energy, some aspect of your consciousness and help you grow your intelligence. And all you have to do is do what I tell you. Cool. That's amazing. And if you do what I tell you in a way that I tell you, you will get the results that everyone's gotten. At the very end, okay. I put a song called Freedom for You. Okay. Okay. Which is very, very powerful. Go to truebodyintelligence.com. Okay. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email support at truebodyintelligence.com. Christina will send you a one sheet on the steps you need to do and you need to take in order for us to have a conversation. Cool. I want to help you. I want you to experience freedom and happiness and peace and you deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll link all of those Super resources cool. in our show notes too. And that, that was going to be my question for you is how do people get a hold of you and how do people find your book? So I'm glad you addressed yeah. that because <laughs> I was like, I know our listeners are going to be like, but wait, how do I, how do I reach out yeah. to him? How do I connect with him? Is, is the book on Amazon too, like the audio? The, or, yeah. Or? Yeah. The print is on Amazon. Okay. The, the audio book is on my website alone. Uh, and the reason why I only made it available on my website is because the platforms and the institutions that are, they take too much of the resources from artists. Mm. And if I participate in those systems, yeah. I'm complicit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I figured out ways. In fact, I'm creating an app right now that allows you to, you'll be able to access all my music, all my courses and everything through this app. Mm -hmm. And I will be in alignment and consistent with my morals, my ethics, my my and my value system. Yes. And that feels good to me. So yep. go to True Body Intelligence. Okay. The book will be available on print through us soon, but it is available on audio right now. Cool. And it is profound. Okay. I believe it. And for anybody that's listening to this podcast, I think you could tell it'd be nice to hear Chris read it because your voice is just so calming and relaxing. Yeah. Like oh, I'd rather you. listen to an audio book with you reading it and hear it through your like tones, yeah. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I started out very light and soft and then I was reading, I was getting like more intense. Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa, because hey. I was so inspired by what I was reading. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, I guess 
some meant to bring some intensity to yeah. this. Yeah. Yet my voice is the, the harmonic in my voice is still peaceful and grounded. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yes, the that. intensity is in my energy. Yeah. And that translates. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. cool. Honestly, well, we could probably sit you. here and talk with you for another like six or seven hours yes. to be truthful. Oh, we, like, we would throw down. <laughs> that's amazing. Like we could easily do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll but, have to do another. But for the sake of respecting your time, we'll we'll um let it we'll let the episode end here and we'll schedule you again in the future if you're interested in that because I'm Very, sure I'm 1000% interested to awesome. be in front of your two yeah. you two and your presence was such a delight and such a treat and listeners thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to take a risk to yeah. listen to these two women over and over again to help you learn how to become a renegade yep and take heartfelt action to your own benefit because that's what a renegade means to me yeah. somebody who's willing to take a risk mm -hmm. that leads to heartfelt action to your own benefit yep. that's a, that's a renegade and thank you for hosting this show because we need people like you <laughs> Oh, yeah. thank well, you, thank Chris. you. Thank you. You're incredible. I can't believe this. And oh, my God. And yes. we could not say it any better than that. Yep. So we'll so, just yep. end it with <laughs> go thank you, be, listeners. Yep. Go, go be, be renegades. renegades. Go be renegades. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be renegades! Go be renegades!